and breathe. Welcome to Calm Club and this latest episode of And Breathe from Anxiety UK, where we talk to Dr. Andrew Rosen, a clinical psychologist from Florida in the USA, who has a wealth of experience of treating people with anxiety and a variety of anxiety conditions. Andrew, delighted you can join us today. This whole issue around uh, anxiety and our, our sexual functioning, and it, it must be a huge area that uh, is quite a tricky one to maneuver through. Exactly. Um, for many reasons, uh, you know, ranging from people's shyness and hesitation in, in talking about it or mentioning it or even admitting it to themselves that they're having a problem with it. Uh, and certainly, um, you know, it, it, the, the worry about what, what's the outcome. If I, if I admit that I have a problem and I, and I get, try to get help, you know, what, what's the outcome there? What could happen? And so, you know, people very often go to help at seeing a psychologist or a therapist and, um, they may never mention it. They may talk about all kinds of secondary issues like, well, I'm, I'm having marital problems or I'm, I'm just feeling kind of down or uh, things aren't going right. And But they may be hesitant to mention, oh, by the way, you know, uh, a central issue here is that I, I don't have a good or healthy sex life. And um, and so it requires the, the clinician to be astute enough to ask questions about it routinely. Unfortunately, uh, even in the year 2023, uh, most clinicians, at least here in the United States, and I assume it's that way everywhere, uh, are very, very poorly trained in the whole area of sexual dysfunction. And whether you're in psychiatry, psychology, or any other discipline, nobody really has much training in it. And so, when you start seeing patients, you don't even necessarily think to look at uh, sexuality, which is an important part of life. You don't really ever ask questions about it. We'll ask questions about how they sleep and how they eat and how their work is and everything else. But nobody will ever ask, and by the way, how's your sexual life? Mm -hmm. So uh, it very often goes unattended to. And the only time it gets attended to is if a person absolutely knows they have a sexual problem and they go for that specific purpose. And typically they seek out a sex therapist and, you know, they'll probably get help for it. Um, but it's a small percentage. That, that's an interesting point in itself, um, Andrew, if I may. Is, would you recommend if if you know that, that that underlying cause of your anxiety is your sexual functioning or your lack of sexual functioning, that you would seek out somebody with a specialist in that area if it if it's very uh focused and and that yes that's my problem but very often the sexual dysfunction is caused by an underlying anxiety issue and you know for instance if a person has social anxiety disorder a high percentage of those people will end up having sexual dysfunction and the same thing if a person has uh, an obsessive compulsive disorder, a high percentage of those people may have a sexual problem. So it's tricky. It, the, the main thing is go see somebody sure. who know sure. you have a sexual problem. Uh, but very often the uh, sexual problem can cause an anxiety disorder. And very often if you have an anxiety disorder, it can end up causing a sexual problem. So uh, it, it, the the rates of the incidence rates are very very high, 
on yeah. both ends. So even if it's not the underlying cause or root tr the trigger of your anxiety, as you say, OCD, sexual, um, um, social anxiety could be the underlying root cause, but still could cause that as a byproduct in effect. Right, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. And would you would you advise people to 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 let their therapist know that? <laughs> Just <clears throat> say, you know, um, I do have a problem. If the therapist doesn't ask about it, you you know, I would encourage somehow patients to know. Look, I know we haven't talked about it, but I I need to tell you, you know, I'm having a sexual problem in my life also, yeah. either. I don't perform or I avoid or I have no interest or, you know, whatever it is, it's very important to talk about it. And that's because, you know, sex is a normal part of life. And most yeah. people would agree that, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's an important part of the human happiness of human interrelationships of human of being a human. So uh, it, it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to acknowledge just like anything else in life, it could be going wrong or it could be having a problem. Yeah. And as you mentioned a, a, a few seconds ago, you know, the therapist will ask you, are you sleeping? Okay. They'll ask you, are you eating? Okay. It, it's an extension of that really, isn't it? It's, it's part and parcel. Uh, but we just were not trained as clinicians. We were just never taught to, to ask about it or, or to look at it as a significant issue. And, and do you think that that is something that that should be going slightly off topic here, but maybe uh, something that that needs to be looked at from the training end of one hundred percent? In my talk that you probably heard about at ADAA, <clears throat> that was very much uh, focused on as a, well. What do we do about this? And and what we're doing about it is making sure to communicate to the training programs. You need to really have in the training you know, courses on sexual dysfunction, for instance. Yeah. And you need to have in the training the interaction between sexual dysfunction and mental health problems, you know, whether it be depression or anxiety. It needs to be yeah. in the training programs. And then it will be a lot more likely that, you know, your clinician will ask you about how how's it going. You know, yeah. back in 1988, I was asked to contribute a chapter in a textbook on um, uh, family dynamics and family therapy. And the chapter was, my chapter was on anxiety disorders as they impact on couples and families. Do you know, I only had one sentence in my chapter that I made one sentence to recognize the issue of sexual dysfunction. Right. I didn't. <laughs> I only put in one sentence at that time. Not really... You know, being that cognizant of, of how important it is. Yeah. And so it, we've come a long way, but uh, not enough, not by any stretch. But that's why, you know, this talk that I did last month was uh, happened so we can start to deal with the issue. And exactly why we picked up on it and, and recognized as well that, you know, mm -hmm. we, we don't talk about it often. We have, um, you know, as well as our podcast, and many of our, our regular listeners will know, members of our of our charity will know that, you know, we have a quarterly magazine and, and we look at a whole range of topics. We have blogs on our website. And yet very rarely does this ever come up as a topic as the link between sex and anxiety, whether it's, you know, one driving the other or the other way around. It, it's, it's not something that we, we talk about a lot, which is great that we've had this opportunity to 
to actually raise raise this topic and, and have this discussion with you today. So it's really good that, that right. we are now we are now covering it. So what would um, what would you, you know, for those members that are listening, what would you encourage them to do to, 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 to get over it? I mean, is it something that they should be consciously raising with their therapists in, 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 in their initial consultation or bringing it in once they've established a rapport? How would you, how would you advise a, somebody if going into therapy? If the clinician is not bringing it up, then I would advise people who are aware or listening to this or to say, you know, Good or bad, right or wrong, it, it it it's you know a collaborative effort, a patient and a therapist, and and in that collaboration, you know, as the patient, you need to bring it in. You need to bring it in to what what's bothering you, whether it's about sex or it's about anything. And you know, if we acknowledge that sex is a very important part of our lives, then. We're obligated to ourselves that we need to bring that in and talk about it. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a very big sexual problem. It just could be, you know, a small version of it, but it's important to bring it in. And, and I remember from, from looking at the slides from your talk that, that you know, there are some quite definite benefits of having a having healthy sexual relationships, aren't there? Some, you know, generally, in, and maybe you want to talk about some of those, I know. Well, you know, it's it's really interesting if uh, if we go down the list of benefits from having a good, healthy sex life, it's, it ranges anywhere from improved mood and reduction of anxiety. It, it actually improves one's health, you know, it's, it, you know, in terms of feeling better and feeling better about oneself. Um, and yet we spend much more time talking about other things that may not really have so much of a significant impact on our, on our well-being, on our health. So it's, it's, it's really a good thing if you have a partner to have a good, healthy sex life. And I I remember one of them stuck in my mind about it improves your immune system. And and, and you just don't think of things like that, do you? You just, you wouldn't, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, you, you, you think of lots of reasons for, you know what what it could impact but that's not one that springs to mind so i think it's really um i find that really interesting fascinating and 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 hopefully our our, our listeners today and, and and in future weeks will will remember that actually it, it, there's a lot of positive benefits in having that healthy sexual relationships with your partners and it's and, not just about your anxiety and it's hard to have a good healthy relationship if it's absent absolutely absolutely yeah yeah. So, you know, it, it's important to address it, whether it's in a freestanding problem that created this, uh, you know, some anxiety and depression, or if anxiety and depression are impacting on one's sexuality, it can be improved. Whichever side of the equation you're on, it can definitely be improved. So are there any other any other tips or, or treatments that you would suggest or consider for people? I mean, we often... At Anxiety UK, we, we we talk a lot about choice of treatments. It's not just all about talking therapy. It might be medication. It might be self-help tools, no. you know, mindfulness activities. Anything else in that sort of sphere of, as well as discussing it with your therapist, anything else you would encourage or recommend? Or well, out, maybe- out, Certainly outside of the therapeutic experience, it's just very, very important to, you know, we're, we live in a world today that's so focused on performance 
achievement, accomplishment, excellence, you know, and and um, unfortunately, when we talk about sex, that's exactly how we talk about it. Sexual performance, you know, uh, and, and even in, you know, in humor all over the years, you know, it was like it was it would be interactive with performance. Oh, he was really great. Or she was so good, you know, so it, it kind of it mixes two things that don't really belong together because sexuality is not supposed to be a performance. It's supposed to be an experience. And whether you, you know, perform well or not is not the issue. The issue is it's one of experience with a partner to feel good. But unfortunately, you know, it's in our minds, it's in our culture, it's in our brains that if we don't somehow do good at it, even on one time basis, you know, even if one night I don't do so good at it, I'm a failure. I'm a loser. There's something wrong with me. She's going to get rid of me or he's going to get rid of me. Or, you know, it, it's very much like, you know, kind of like a, that, that uh, performance thing impacts on it negatively. And certainly if you have anxiety, that's all about fear of failure. Yes. You know? Yes. So those two things merge with each other and unfortunately leave one's sexuality, one's sex life vulnerable to the whole feeling of, you know, performance and success or, or failure. And yeah. so that has to be addressed, whether you're seeing a clinician or on your own, you know, you get, get that out of your head that it's a performance. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and changing that thinking, of course, is where the therapist again could be a real right. asset to you, isn't it? And helping yeah. you, look at things differently changing that mindset which is exactly what right what we're looking for isn't it in, 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 particularly in cbt so and we know that when we do cbt with people who have sexual issues sexual performance issues we say you know first thing is no performance okay from for the next month you're not going to perform you're just going to hold each other and love each other and you know coddle with each other and be affectionate with each other but you, even if you want to perform you're not going to perform <laughs> <laughs> and and you have to see how many people kind of don't you know they go ahead and do it anyway but yeah. the, the the whole thing is to take the accomplish the achievement thing out of the formula yeah yeah that's a fascinating way of looking at it and certainly um yeah just it's it's so logical when you say it and it, it's not something we consciously think about is it but it, it oh. is it's uh, we, we, we 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 expect to perform at a certain level as if it's some kind of an olympics Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's, and then it's, what happens? What happens if I didn't perform uh, a yeah. couple of times? I'm going to want to do what? What we do with anxiety? We avoid. We avoid. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you start avoiding it, it gets harder to go back to do it, and it just becomes a bad, bad, vicious bad circle. Vicious circle. Yeah. So those are the things we talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's been fascinating listening to you. I. I, I I'm sure we could talk all day, but um, I know you've got other things to do as well. But I, I think that the, the two big takeaways are, you know, um, to to look at sexuality as a good, nice part of life that makes us feel good and makes us have better relationships. And just like a good night's sleep, <laughs> you know, is so good. Well, so is that. And, and yeah. if there's something that's kind of, getting in the way of having a good night's sleep, well, we deal with it. And if yeah. it's something that's in the way of having a good sexual life with somebody, 
we deal with it. It's no admission of failure. It's not a, a sign of defect. It's just living. And you, if you can make it better on your own, great. If you can't, then reach out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like everything, isn't it? We need to, we need to nurture each other. Need to nurture your different things that we do. We 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 put effort and work into improving our knowledge and educating ourselves, and we improve our ability to be good human beings sometimes you know why shouldn't we improve our sexual performance to a way that it, it's something that we can manage comfortably feel comfortable about ourselves with it, it'll improve our self-esteem right. improve those relationships and lots of other things and yeah that's been fascinating to uh to look at it through that lens and that context of that link with anxiety you know we've come a long way but at, at the same time in my last talk i mentioned you know how sexuality was looked at even you know back in the greek and roman times or in in you know the victorian times and 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 you know we've come a long way but still in all you know in a lot of ways we haven't and um you know this is just another aspect of it uh i i, I think um you know, a person can have sexual problems on their own, or if you have a particular anxiety disorder, like if you're having panic attacks, that can impact on your on your sexual life. And if you have PTSD, that can have an impact yeah. on your sexual life. So either way, you know, it's it's an important area of our living and need to deal with it. Andrew, that's been wonderful talking to you. I'm sure there's many of our our members who will listen to this uh, this podcast and, and, and take away some really um, valuable um, tips and advice that, that, that they can then you know, put into practice and, and will help them you know, not just manage their anxiety, but manage their, 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 yeah. their healthy relationships with their partners in a much better and much more fulfilling way. So I hope so. Brilliant. Thank you so, so much for your time. Nice to meet uh, you and thanks for having me on. And anytime I'll be here. And uh, you know, for our regular listeners, we'll uh, we'll be we'll be posting a new uh, podcast every month, and uh, we've got uh, some great guests lined up over the next two or three months. So remember to visit the website, keep an eye on the uh, where else you get your podcasts from, and um, new episodes will be coming along very very hey. shortly. Good. Thanks again, Thanks. Andrew. All the best. Take Thanks care. Of the work you do. Thank you. Take care. Bye.